Uh, before we get to the emails, there's one more thing I wanted to play. I almost forgot. Sean made us a song for the pledge drive. <laughs> he was so excited yesterday. He came down here. He was amped. And um, because, you know, we're, we're calling this the, the first uh, pledge drive was the TBTLathon. Second one was TBTLathon 2, The Deuce. And this one is TBTLathon 3, feels like the very third time. And so, Sean, I haven't actually listened to this yet, but Sean made us like. So he did some mashup with Foreigner to actually do like a feels like the very third time song. Let's listen to this. Third. Third. Third time. Third. 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 Wow, that's really seamless, Johnny. That's, um,. It's amazing. I mean, it's just like, it's almost like Foreigners doing a totally different song about something feeling like the third time. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. Coming to you from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. And can you believe they're letting me host this thing? <laughs> Luckily, I have someone with me who is a steady and wise guide. In fact, she's a Christie wise guide. Joining me from LRB Studios West in Everett, Washington. Hello, Christie. Hello, Ann. It's been so long since we've talked. I've... And now we can say we're real life friends, not just internet friends. <laughs> yes, indeed we are. We parted just more than 24 hours ago in the parking garage at the Mall of America. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a custody situation. It kind of does. <laughs> you gave me some cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was the perfect weekend. It was. It was a good time. So, on Mondays, we bring you a show that recaps the previous week of TBTL, but not only is this a Friday show, it's the monthly clip show where we pick a person, place, or thing from the TBTL universe and take a deep dive into the subject. So, in the real world, we've just finished the TBTL-a-thon, either six or seven, because neither Luke nor Andrew seems to know which... <laughs> And I think that we can agree that, given the opening clip we played, if tonight's subject were involved, we would have no doubt which number TBTLathon it was. And I would just like to say thank you to our Gold Star archivist, Corey Plucker, for arch archiving this episode and making it so easy to find. And if you haven't listened to last Friday's episode, Corey was our featured guest, so you should go back and check that out. So... You So you figured out that it's the seventh one for sure? Yes, I think so, because this clip was from 2012. I should check that when I say that. Yes, from February of 2012. So add four, and that gives us seven. <laughs> Math is hard, but we figured it out. <laughs> we get there in the end. <laughs> I was trying to think of the different uh, swag that came with each one to count it, but this is a much easier, faster way. Yes, we could probably do some digging and find it out, but I don't know that that's totally necessary. No. 
So we're going to get into that, but first we have some things we must discuss. Then we'll get into our topic. We'll do some housekeeping and we'll tell you how you can get involved with the show. So must discuss. Is there anything from the live show that we want to mention now? I know that on the recap show, we'll do a full review of the show, but Uh, As it stands, I don't think that I'm going to be a part of that show. (laughs) And I had a few things that I just wanted to mention. Do it. The first thing is, uh, on Sunday after the show, uh, Bobby and I went to the Twins-Red Sox game with Ross uh, Cardarelli, I think his last name is. He is a 10 and Wagoneer, a Mm. Boss 10. Hi, Ross. He's very cool. So we all went to the Twins Red Sox game together and Ross and I went to get some sodas and we were wandering around the, I think the third uh, level of the concourse and we saw the Two Gingers Bar and we thought, hey, that's where Sue Nelson plays the organ. And so we went to look, of course, Sue guest on the live show and there she was in there with the organ playing and she was right. It's a beautiful um, view down onto the field. And so we went and said hi. And we told her that we were at the live show the night before and how much we enjoyed her. And she said to us, you know, I only talked to him for 10 minutes before we went on the stage. <laughs> That's a lot of prep time for a TBTL show. <laughs> that really is. And I said, oh, but he's a charmer, isn't he? And she said, yes. And then she said, and his wife is so beautiful. She is. <laughs> yes, she absolutely is. And then Sue talked to us for probably about 10 minutes and she asked us where we were from and if we were uh, musical in any way. And she talked about the difference between playing the keyboard and playing the organ. And then during the conversation, every once in a while, she would just turn and look out the window and then she would play something on the organ and then she would turn back and keep talking to us. So we got to see her in action. <laughs> so did you tell her that you sing? Maybe you could you could come out and sing for the games. I don't know that Sue is necessarily the person that makes those decisions. (laughs) And I think it's probably kind of a long waiting line. (laughs) I'm sure. But you could go back there and just do the do, 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 do. As she said, that's the the actual name of the song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was, that was very fun. And the game turned out very satisfactorily for me, not so much for Bobby and Ross, but (laughs) Oh, well. <laughs> the twins have to win once in a while. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Here's an interesting fact is that the games are rarely on TV, mm-hmm. which is interesting um, mm-hmm. because they don't sell out. So everyone listens to them on the radio. Is that how that works? I think so. And I don't know. They, they're they on a cable network of some sort, but I don't oh, have cable, MLP. so... MLB yeah. station or something Some, like that. Uh, something. I don't okay. know. You know, I, I live with my rabbit ears, so <laughs> I don't get to see all the fancy channels. Uh, so was there, were, were Luke and Andrew exactly, because this is your first live of, oh, you had met him at the other thing, but this yes. is your first live showing. Was it exactly mm-hmm. like you thought it would be? It was. It really was. Um, except for... Uh, they knew who I was, and that was something that I totally didn't expect, and I'm not quite sure 
how that happened, but I was talking to Andrew and he knew my last name. He couldn't say it. <laughs> he, he, he tried about half a dozen times and he got halfway there, but he knew who I was and I can't, I can't, I'm just sort of flabbergasted by that. And uh, then I was standing and chatting after the show with someone and Luke came up and gave me a side hug okay. and said, hey, how are you? How are things going? And I thought, well, maybe this is just, you know, you're faking it when you don't actually know who somebody is. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you just act friendly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get very much of a chance to chat with him because he got pulled away for photos or something. But then when I was leaving, he saw that I was going and he said, oh, hey, great to see you. Hey, good luck with those tunnels. And it was a reference to the conversation we had three months ago at the TENS meetup after the live wire thing on a night when he recorded a radio show and then got introduced to 50 other people and then talked to me. He remembered what our conversation was about. That is very Luke. He, uh-huh. he remembers everything about a person. He sometimes can stumble on a name, um, but he'll remember everything about the person, the conversation you had. And when he was on Facebook, I, I swore that he would study the top, you know, the 20 people he thought he was going to meet that night because he could come up and say, Oh, I saw you did that thing. Congratulations. He just knew everything and he puts you at ease. A lot of people are scared. I had to talk a couple people into going up and talking to him, but mm-hmm. he definitely puts you at ease. He's the easiest person to talk to. Yes. And I wanted to say, though, even though on the show we do some hard eye rolling occasionally, (laughs) (laughs) that Luke is a very, very nice person. In fact, one of the nicest, most thoughtful conversationalists I've ever met. So anytime that um, we criticize him, it is done only in love, except maybe for Mike, who just likes to take a shot every now and then. So those are the things that I wanted to say about the live show. If there was anything that you needed to chip in with that um, can't wait. The I haven't heard um I haven't heard today's show, so it's Tuesday. Um but the characters of the Legion, the people that work there or that were actually um regulars there, I think we could have done a whole show on them. I mean it, <laughs> it so Bear wasn't at all like I expected him to be. For some reason, I just had in my mind that he would be just an old Native American man with like a long ponytail and just very wise words. Maybe just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe just because of the name Bear. Um, right. And then there was a man that I loved named Hook. So you'd think, oh, maybe he has a hook for a hand. <laughs> no, it's because he's really good at bowling. It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he was very great because at one point the women's bathroom broke and there was someone in, in it and he was very concerned about going in to fix it while someone was in there and he had Colleen and I stand guard to make sure no funny business <laughs> happens. <laughs> but he was he was pretty great. Um, then there was a man who swore that he owned the place and wanted to tell me how much he had paid for it. hundred thousand dollars. In case anyone Ooh. wants to buy a foreign legion out there in Minnesota. <laughs> um, there's, I, I found this out, I think from you, but behind the bar. So that what they sold was those Heggie's pizza, which are amazing. I will definitely co-sign that. 
They have a deep freezer and you order it and it takes 27 minutes and they can only make one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to know about 30 minutes in advance when you're hungry and also hope no one's in front of you. Then they sell bags of chips and cans of spam. Now, what do you think they do with that spam? I think they slice it and fry it. How? Like right there at the bar or like put it in the same pizza oven? I don't know. I actually didn't check out the bar, so I don't know how they're set up, but oh. that's what I would guess. Does anybody eat spam? I mean, it's not raw. Yeah. It's Ugh. not like it's raw meat, but I I don't know how else. Do you make a spam sandwich? Are you asking you as in the universal you or me? Because <laughs> hell no to me. <laughs> I guess it, it was the universal you, but my family was not spam eaters, so I don't know very much about it. Yeah. And um, so I asked you and I text my dad because his family's from Minnesota and I asked you at the same time. And of course you were right in front of me. So you the answer was quicker, but it's from there. Yes, from Austin, Minnesota, Hormel Foods. Yeah, so th- I think there's a spam museum if anybody ever wants to go to that. <laughs> I bet that place smells very pleasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his mom used to make four Easter dinner. They would eat a spam, but she would put pineapple rings on it and cloves sticking out of it. Well, of course. <laughs> it's a classy affair. Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> So, um, yeah, I loved, I loved all the people that were there. There was a guy who kept saying, there's some salad. We got a giant bowl of salad out here and we got to get this shit gone. And basically salad in the Midwest. And I knew this from also living in Omaha is just a big bowl of iceberg lettuce Uh with your choices of ranch or Uh usually thousand Island. Oh, usually a cream based mayonnaise based sauce that goes on it. And as Anne described, a terrible looking birthday cake from the it grocery store. It was blue. Everyone's mouth was blue. There was <laughs> men with mustaches where the blue nasty frosting was in it. <laughs> and then there was some controversy about, and I want you to speak about this since you won't be on the recap show, about Luke was very concerned about hot dish. He had no idea what was going on. That's basically just the way you guys say casserole, right? Correct. It can be anything that's in a thing that you throw all the ingredients together and bake it. Yes, absolutely. There are some more common, more popular hot dishes, like the one that was described during the show, which is the tater tot hot dish with Mm -hmm. tater tots and ground beef and cream of mushroom soup. Condensed cream of mushroom soup is poured into that. And then, I don't know, cheese and whatever. But my mom makes a wild rice turkey hot dish that is much classier. I think she actually makes it with an honest-to-God bechamel sauce and turkey and wild rice and water chestnuts. And it's delicious. That sounds great. Uh I would try that. Oh, yeah. it's it's. I've had it many, many times in my life, and I don't get sick of that one. So I think that he was mixing up thinking hot dish was the name of a recipe. Right. But it's just like a category. Yeah. It's yeah. a type of dish. Yes. Which I'm sad we didn't have any, but I did get my fill of cheese curds. <laughs> Good. And I didn't have any of this, but what was the burger called? The Juicy Lucy. Yes. Which is the patty that has the cheese stuffed in the middle. And there are lots of variations. And I Jeremy had one that was called the PB&J that has 
peanut butter and I think still has cheese in the middle mm-hmm. and then has jam on the top of the burger. Yeah. And frankly, it sounds disgusting, but I'm told that it's really, really good. Yeah, he loved it. He likes it, the weirdest thing possible, though. He goes on the menu. Okay, what's super weird? Okay, I'll get that. <laughs> but the name Juicy Lucy leaves some to be desired because that sounds like what happens after you eat that burger. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, okay, I think, let me think if there's anyone else that I love. Oh, the two ladies tending bar were amazing. Yeah, they were, and they were uh, generous with the pores. Oh, generous with the pores and weren't very um, consistent on the cost of items. I got the same two items twice and they cost different each time. But not exorbitantly expensive, oh, right? Oh, no. No, no, no. It, the first, I so I got Jeremy a Red Bull and me a... Yes, Sydney, Sydney in line. She's a listener. She was drinking something of vodka, soda, and a splash of cranberry. And I thought, that sounds good. I I don't really know what I like. So I'll just have one of those. (laughs) And um, I got that twice. And the first time it cost $4.75. And the second time it cost $5. Oh. But both still cheap. Yeah, no kidding. So that was $4.75 for both the drinks. Yes. Right. That's great. Jeremy's like, uh, we need to just buy a case of this Red Bull because in Seattle, if you got just a plain Red Bull at a bar, it'd be $4, 4 or $5 by itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, their pores, they were trying to poison us is basically, they were <laughs> trying to alcohol poison us, all of us. <laughs> they got pretty close in a couple of cases. <laughs> For sure. I, I stopped after one and a half drinks because I said, nope, someone's going to carry me out of here. I'm going to say a lot of <laughs> stupid things and I'm wearing a skirt. I can't have this happening. <laughs> it's a perfect storm of terrible. So all in all, pretty good night. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our main event? Let's do it. Tonight's subject is one Sean Kenneth DeTori. Uh, Japan's number one mixture and fixture for a number of years on the show. He does not make too many appearances these days. I think schedules are just difficult. Plus, now that Luke lives in Bellingham, it's not just a jump over to the house. But uh, he was a very valued member of the show for a long time. And Christy, you know Sean quite well, right? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, When I first started hearing the show, I was like, who is this Sean? He sounds crazy and fun and adorable. And then, of course, I had a podcast crush on him mm-hmm. for a long time. And then the first live event, um, I met him in person and we discovered that we had a couple of mutual friends. And then I was like, oh, gosh, now my radio crush has turned into a real life crush. So, Uh-oh. <laughs> so that that happened. But <laughs> but he always had a girlfriend. Right. So there's that. So how would you describe him? He's short. He's as tall as me. So 5'4". Um, very unique. He always has like a funny t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, as we find out, uh, we, we don't have a clip about it, but when he does the 100 push-ups, he's always like very, <laughs> very strong. Like he has a very um, muscular builds kind of. 
not mm-hmm. in a CrossFit bodybuilder way, but just like very nice. Um, yes. And maybe if he hadn't done 30 to 40 pre competition push ups to warm up, <laughs> he might have won he the Battle won. of Peace Lake. Right. Um, he's just very, he's the, uh, he's the type of person that shops at a thrift shop all the time. And so he always has unique pants and shirts that are like, you know, spam competition, 1973. <laughs> and it's not ironic. Like he didn't get it yesterday at Urban Outfitter. It's like actually from 1973. Um, let's see. I don't know. It's just very and interesting. You've sung karaoke with him, correct? Yes. And how did that go? It went great because it was a TV theme song. Oh, right. <laughs> so that that's the best part about the Mandarin Gate is they have a whole section of TV theme songs that last about 30 seconds. <laughs> so that was my first time singing karaoke is a TV theme song with Sean while no one else was listening at the Mandarin Gate. And I was definitely t and <laughs> Sounds about the best scenario possible. Yeah. He loves to sing karaoke and um, I love people that like to sing it, but they're not good at it. Oh, okay. He likes to shout into the microphone. (laughs) You know, there's some people who go up like, oh, I I don't know if I want to sing. I'm a little scared. And then they belt it out like they're Broadway singers. (laughs) That's not him. And then there's people who just love music and love the song and love to sing and have passion. That's that's him. Oh, yeah. that's cool. And he does a lot of, especially at these meetups, what he would do is, is if someone looked like they were shy or um, not really fitting in or something, he would bring them in like say, hey, let's sing a song together. So I'd always see him doing that kind of thing, which is super nice. Oh, Yeah. Oh, I want to sing karaoke with Sean someday. <laughs> Do it. Oh my gosh. You guys, you would tower over him. <laughs> <laughs> That's guaranteed to make me feel insecure. <laughs> I mean, I think I came up to like your belly button. <laughs> well, let's not be crazy about it. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we move into our first true clip? Yes. This clip is from uh, January 9th of 2008, which is actually day three of the radio show. And this clip is brought to us by archivist Amy Shepard, who I got to meet last weekend. She's very cool. And her adorable daughter. Oh my gosh. Can't say enough about that kid. She ate three pieces of my chocolate cake too. So (laughs) she's my best friend. Yes. And in this clip, this is when... They first really gave Sean sort of an extended uh, amount of time on the show is when we first got to know him. And they were doing a segment uh, talking about uh, how people um, who were lower income made money and survived in Seattle. And there's a little bit you'll hear in this clip. Luke's friend Kelly is on the phone because he's also a part of this interview, him and Sean. And it was also a pretty long clip. They had a break in the middle with news and like some station ID mm-hmm. stuff. And I cut that out because I didn't figure that we wanted to bother with that. So if you hear a beep in the middle, that's just where the cut is. So let's go ahead and listen to that now. 
another thing I've done is I was, uh, the UW has studies, like on the back page of The Stranger, there's like, we're looking for uh, young men and women to participate in this study, 18 to whatever years old. And so I've had some tests done, well, not tests, but I drank beer once and, you know, um, gave my opinion on that. That's great. On beer? On beer, yeah. I, you know what, I think I know what that study was. Uh, the, the UW Sociology Department, yeah. I believe, does these studies where they... They get people drunk, but they only give like half the people real beer, and the other half are getting oh, a placebo okay. beer. And they check to see if people who are drinking fake beer act as drunk as people who are drinking real beer. Yeah, and see, that's what they say, and it's weird because it's only usually was just me, like in there, <laughs> and like the, the first time I didn't get any, no, the first time I got beer and I was pleased, and then the, <laughs> the next time, <laughs> the next time I didn't get any beer and I was mad. They gave me orange juice. <laughs> And then you the, sound like a human version of a mouse in a maze that gets cheese sometimes and is happy, and then sometimes you just get shocked and you're very pissed. Well, listen to this though. The one time I went in there, they 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 gave me an apparatus to put on my junk. Okay, I'm totally serious. And they had me watch a little bit of porn, and they monitored my arousal level from no, the other room. No, I'm serious. Okay. Ke- Kelly, I'm Kelly, sure we have to go to news. Oh dear God, Kelly, if Kelly, if you can do that, you could actually. You could get a break on your porn, and you could make money. You're forgetting how old I am. I don't know if I have. <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, this is too beautiful to live uh, on News Talk 710 Cairo. We're talking about how you try to get by in this city uh, if you're not making a lot of bread. Uh, we're going to keep Sean and Kelly around uh, for the other side of the break. We're talking this hour about trying to get by in Seattle. Uh, a very expensive, very cosmopolitan now city, trying to get by in Seattle when you're not making a lot of dough. And uh, we sort of got started on this uh, because there was a piece in the New York Times today talking about people trying to do this in New York. And frankly, there's not a huge difference. If you're making under $20,000 and you're living or you're making under $30,000 and you're living in New York or you're living in Seattle, you're going to be uh, having to get very creative. And our guests uh, are Sean DeTore, our very own engineer from our show who's with us from 7 to 10 uh, normally, and uh, a buddy of mine, Kelly, who lives in West Seattle, both people who are uh, trying to sort of uh, get more out of uh, get more out of their money, I guess. And also we're sort of talking about how much of your life gets taken up with just trying to get your bills paid. and trying. I, when I was in college, I uh, was exceedingly broke. Like I had a kid, and I was paying a very small amount of child support, which is – very gracious of my kid's mom, but even so, I was paying some money there, and uh, I I was work trying to work, but I, I lived on my own. I had a car, I had all these expenses, and this was my move. I would go to the Safeway on Fifteenth Avenue on Capitol Hill. So let's say it's a Monday, and I'm getting paid on a Friday. I would go to the Safeway on uh, Capitol Hill, and I would buy a couple oranges or something, and I would write the check for five dollars over. So then I had five dollars to walk around with on that Monday. And then the next day, I would go into like a different Safeway, and I would I would buy something else, milk or something, and I would write a check for ten dollars over. And then I would go to the bank and I would deposit five dollars of the cash into my bank account, so that the previous day's five dollar over check cleared, and then I had five more dollars. And the next day, go to a different Safeway, buy something small, write a check for fifteen dollars over. So then I go deposit that $10 into my bank. So I could do this all week. They would let you write like $25 over was the maximum. So I had it figured out. So I could basically kite off this. I think that's called check kiting. I think it's actually a felony probably. (laughs) But I could sort of kite these checks all week, and then Friday I would get paid. 
But it was, I mean, it was rough. So much of my life was consumed with having boots put on my car all the time. You know, it's very expensive to be broke. Because every time you get a bill, if it's late, it's like three times what it normally would be. There's late fees. They're shutting things down. When you have a boot on your car, then you can't drive to your job. You know, it is a, uh, it's a really expensive proposition. So anyway, we want to sort of get into that a little bit. And Sean, uh, before the break, you were talking about selling books, free books that get sent to the radio station. You resell those. And you've done some, uh, some, <laughs> you've done some medical, uh, tests at the University of Washington. Yeah. Um, which the, the the good one was when you got free alcohol. The bad one was when they they tested your sexual arousal by showing you. No, that um, was also good. Bad was orange juice. But you said that they that during the uh, arousal one, and this is making Jen nervous that I've even raised this topic yet I again. Still no thought pun we were intended. Move on. But this was just one thing that Sean said during the break that I thought was really fascinating. So they were showing you racy photos. Let's call them racy photos, just so that racy we, photos. We don't make Rod Arquette mad. Okay. On our third night of existence. <laughs> So they show you racy photos. They're monitoring your arousal level, but then what's intercut? So, and I guess I should. I guess it wasn't really intercut, but there was the racy photos, and then there were um, photos of birds and, and and animals, not not just not doing things, but just kind of flying and doing normal stuff, and then back to racy, more racy photos. And so. And There's obviously something wrong with you if the birds elicited gotcha. a response. Right. Gotcha. So that's what okay. I was a little nervous. Right. <laughs> one time you said you went in and they gave you beer. It was real beer, though, and you really got drunk? No, I didn't get drunk. See, that's the thing. They gave me like four cups of beer, and uh, they told me to drink at my leisure, and I didn't have to finish them if I didn't want to. And I don't know why I didn't drink them as fast as I could, but I didn't. And then they came in and then took them away from me. Maybe that was the test. And you failed. Maybe. Maybe they were saying if you were going to chug it. But actually, then I had to take a... I was on the computer. They had me read a racy story and imagine I was the character with this girl in this racy story. And it got pretty um, graphic. And uh, then I had to answer, answer a bunch of questions. That was different than... That was not the beer time. <laughs> that was the beer time. They got you... And, also, and then had you read a racy story? Yeah, I think I had to read racy stories all three times, but definitely beer time <laughs> and definitely porno apparatus time. Was this? Did they? Now I did made you like go to the, thirty-five bucks. Did you go to the University of Washington? <laughs> that's the most amazing. That's the most amazing part. How did you not start with that? You made thirty-five dollars. Yeah, because I was only there for like two hours. They say you can be there from two to eight hours. I was only usually there from like two to three hours. Okay. Was this the University of Washington Ricks campus? (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Lake City Way. So what do you suppose that they are studying at the (laughs) University of Washington? I have no idea. And I just, this left me with more questions than answers because he said one time he got orange juice and then one time he got beer. Was it the same study or was it a different study? Yeah, he was very confused in his telling. There was beer, yeah. there was orange juice, there was junk apparatus, there was written porn, there was viewed porn. <laughs> I'm just not quite sure what could possibly have been going on. Yeah, and I understand the porn with the apparatus on your junk, mm-hmm. um, but reading the porn after drinking orange juice? <laughs> that seems strange. <laughs> Well, it takes all kinds. Yeah, I need to read this study. Maybe lady scientist Meredith can find out what the study was. Yes, get on it, Meredith. (laughs) I enjoyed how he talked about 
the photos of birds and animals that were interspersed <laughs> in with the quote-unquote racy images and how he was really concerned that the bird and animal photos would give him an arousal. Right. <laughs> I... I want to know more. See, this just, again, led me to more questions than answers. I want to know what he meant. Jen came up with, let's just call it racy photos so that they wouldn't mm-hmm. get kicked off the air. But um, I want to know what that meant. Well, I mean, we can kind of imagine, <laughs> right? Well, was it just like a naked lady standing there or was it actual porn or was it women flying around like birds? Like, I don't <laughs> don't know. It's a very certain niche that's getting filled with some of these images. <laughs> Speaking of Jen, her reaction was one of my favorite parts of this clip where she was just laughing and going, no, no, I'm sure we have to go to news. Oh, dear God. <laughs> and then says, oh, I thought we weren't going to talk about this anymore. <laughs> well, what you Yeah, fat chance. Would you say it was show number three? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> this this set the bar pretty high slash low for for the mm-hmm. what the rest of the show is going to be like. <laughs> I wonder if they what was at Rod Arquette. I wonder if he started on day three, deciding to get them out of there. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he listened to the first night of the show, maybe the first two nights of the show. And by show three, he had disengaged. Yeah, he was over and it. He wasn't <laughs> listening anymore. And I want to know, Sean said he got paid $35. How should I feel about this? Is this a good amount? Is 35 bucks reasonable to get paid for this kind of study? Or is it well, low? Or is it high? And is it... And is it $35 each time or just total? Right. $35 an hour? Probably not an hour because no. that would be a good gig. Yeah, then, it would, then it starts to be good again because he said he would be there in between two and four hours. So two mm-hmm. hours, $35 maybe. Mm, that makes sense. Four, not so much again. Then <laughs> it goes back. Right. Free beer? Prob- maybe. Yeah, he <laughs> probably made more money than selling the books to the used bookstore. <laughs> they, they've they talked about that multiple times because they've all apparently done it. I suppose. What else do you do with all those books? I, Donate them to the library or sell them? Right. Yeah. It's, and especially when you're making minimum wage at some of those jobs at the radio s- station, uh-huh. you kind of have to do it. So that is a good one. Should we go to the next one? Sure thing. Okay. Um, this one, uh, (laughs) this one comes to us, uh, February 15th, 2008. It's, um, when, when Sean has a giant wound on his leg. And this is one that I've always remembered, even just from the first time I listened to it. It's It's really unforgettable. And it's pretty cringeworthy. So if you want to fast forward, because I had to kind of (laughs) skip skip a couple seconds a couple times, um, go ahead and do that. But we'll come back and talk about it. We had what turned out to be a very, very dangerous situation on our hands this week. Uh, was it this week or last week? It was last week. It was last week. It was one of those things where, I mean, I didn't know just as a non-trained doctor 
uh, not being a doctor is what I'm trying to say. I didn't understand just how dire things were. But but basically, we almost lost Sean, is what I understand. Sean, can we have some, can we have some music, please, just to kind of... Kind of help set the mood. So wait a second. What happened? Sean hobbled in here with a with a bad wheel last week. Well, the story really goes back a, a few weeks because the injury. Sean, when was the injury? Beginning of January. About January fifth. Yeah. So beginning of January, he was injured in a in a unsavory situation on yeah. Capitol Hill. What what exactly uh, happened? Uh, How'd you get that? How'd you get that bad wheel, Sean? Uh, well, it was an unfortunate evening for me. Um, I had been uh, drinking a lot of adult beverages, uh-huh. and uh, I was just kind of being a little rambunctious, kind of invasive, kind of "Hey, buddy!" And I got thrown down by a bouncer because I wasn't let into a bar. So, what was had- the bar? I think it was Mo Bar up on Capitol Hill by Numos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he had told me that story, and I had commiserated for a moment and mm-hmm. moved on, never thinking of it again until last, I think it was Monday, I just randomly walked into Sean's studio, because we all sit in different studios. Mm-hmm. I walked into Sean's studio, and he had his leg propped up on the counter, and he had his pant leg rolled this up. This is part of why we have separate studios. <laughs> yeah. Because exactly. you walk in there, and Sean might be doing battlefield surgery on himself. <laughs> So I walk in, and he is, like, kind of trying to tend to this open, gaping, <laughs> oozing wound. It was super. It was superating. It, like, halfway between his knee and his uh, ankle. Like, on my shin. On his shin. What were you trying to do to it? Were you just putting a little cayenne pepper in there? <laughs> I was just looking at it. <laughs> just admiring it. <laughs> he really was. He had that look like, oh, man, this, this kind of hurts, and it's still there. Yeah, like that's right. He was right. just looking at it like, what How is How did the- getting thrown down, down by a bouncer cause your leg to be cut? Well, I think I, I, I hit a car or I hit some object that was stationary, and I didn't realize it that night. So I went about my evening, got home, went to bed, woke up, and there was blood in my bed and, like, on the floor a little bit. And I was This like, time it was yours, thankfully. <laughs> my blood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you you hit the you hit a you think you hit a car or something? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think someone said because a lot of this information uh, is kind of secondhand told to me. Uh-huh. I was like, so how was yeah. I? Like, I've well, been I've played that role mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. You didn't have you didn't have your Greek chorus there to tell you what had actually happened. No, and you are never as aware of how injured you are until the next morning. Until you yeah. wake up in yeah. a, a bed of your own blood. Did you pour? pure grain alcohol on it because I've heard that's a good cure <laughs> no I drank that while I was pouring <laughs> hydrogen peroxide on it and uh, that is the that is the t- the medical attention that you gave you you put on a little hydrogen peroxide yeah so the next day I showed it to my roommate to Melanie and uh, she was like yeah that's pretty bad um, so I put on hydrogen peroxide uh, put on some band-aids and just was doing the hydrogen peroxide for a week or so. But I learned from the doctor that too much hydrogen peroxide can really just kill your cells and it's not good for your wound uh, overall. Which would explain the photo that you can see at our website, mynorthwest.com slash TBTL. It is stomach turning. You know, I mean, you TBTL left it up on my... You left it up on my screen. But let, it's but, but listen, turning. I click on the link and it brings me. It doesn't bring me to the photo. It should. It should. And maybe your computer in there is funky because okay. it's working on my laptop. Okay. Okay. If, if it's not working, uh, listeners of America, please email us and tell us because we'll get it fixed. Here's what we had to do, because Jen objected so strongly, and I think probably rightfully so. Women are the conscience of this country, and you're the conscience of this show. Thank you. And it really did make me 
You were like, that can't just be on the website. This photo of Sean's gory injury cannot just be on the website. Mm-hmm. So what we did was I, I like set up a Snapfish account where the photo resides. If you go to our website, though, mynorthwest.com slash TBTL, or if you go to TBTL.net, you can click on a link that I think will take you to the photo. I'm looking at it right now. Right. Um, and what you're what... seeing there is actually after a week of healing. Because what happened is I walked in and said, what is that? And Sean said, this is from when I got thrown down. Could you see, if this is the healed version I'm looking at, could you, when it was at its worst, see into his soul? Because <laughs> it is like a, it's like a bullet wound. The doctor today, I went today for a, for another a checkup, and she said, I'm probably not going to have hair there anymore. <laughs> 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 so this is a permanent injury is what we're finding out. In case, in case you're in your car and you can't go to mm-hmm. our website, mynorthwest.com slash TBTL, um, let me just try to describe this this for you. It's, you say it's about the size of a quarter. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, you've got Sean's leg, normal leg, some hair, that whole thing, and then a quarter size where there's just no skin. And you can see some fat. Mm-hmm. You can see some yellow fat. You can see it. I mean... I don't know how you did this, but it's 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 like you just just ripped off a quarter sized chunk I, of all dermis. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, when it was f- fresh, it was kind of like a, Melanie described it as taking a melon baller and <laughs> taking a little piece of melon out of there. Oh, <laughs> um, it was the doctor was like, yeah, this could be even deeper than we think, but probably not. Um, but what she did is I went in there because I was like, this ain't healing. And it's been a month because I had a scab on it. And, and why did you go in, Sean? Oh, yes, because let's, doctor, let's not let's can, not bury the lead. Here. No, so, because yeah. Jennifer came in and said, that's infected. Go to the doctor tomorrow. So I did. And didn't, and I called you first thing in the morning. You, Are you going to the doctor? Because I am telling you, I, I didn't know that I was a doctor until this situation. But when I walked in there with no training at all, I said, that is infected. You this have is, watched a lot of Dr. Quinn medicine woman. Though. <laughs> yeah. I know you call Jason your, your sully. <laughs> I said, that is infected. I said, this is the kind of thing. This is how you get gang. Green. This is how you get staph infection. This is how you lose a leg. Go to. I was like alarmist as uh-huh. I could be because I could tell. Which it was is infected. really something. Saying something because you can be pretty alarmist. Just and I was trying to. I, I wanted to impress it upon him because I was so positive that it was infected. So Sean, uh, you went in and they said it's a good thing you came in, right? Because today. Yeah, so... You found out what about this? Well, a week ago I went in and she pulled the scab off with tweezers oh. so she could get underneath it. She's like, creak, <laughs> taking off the scab. So um, I've been putting lotion on it for a week, been taking antibiotics and stuff. Because it was infected. Because it was hella infected. Um, but I went in today... When you, forget, when you forget to put the lotion on, does Melanie ever yell, it puts the lotion on it? Because <laughs> sometimes I have to have Vanessa yell that. It, it, if she ever did, I'd probably jump out the window. <laughs> So you were putting lotion on it and led, and just kind of le- leaving it be. Did it seem like it was getting better? Well, yeah. I mean, it definitely looks better. Even the doctor said that it looks better today. My leg isn't swollen really like it was. I think um, that's enough ER music, but thank you. Okay. For, I appreciate your, your commitment to that. <laughs> um, so, but I go in today... And the first thing doctor says is, so you have a little bit of a staph infection. Oh. Yeah. They can send me my medical degree right here to I 710 I you Cairo. actually just qualified for a DeVry <laughs> medical degree. I know University of Phoenix will give you one just for that. If you diagnose one staph infection with a coworker that a coworker has, you actually get a medical degree right. from University of Phoenix. It's like That's qualifying cool. to be a saint a little bit. You just yeah. have to do one good diagnosis. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So... 
you have you currently maybe have a, a like a minor staph infection? Sean? Like a minor staph infection, though. She said that probably by now it's mostly probably gone away because of the antibiotics and the cream, which helps it. So the cream and the clear, <laughs> right? And so I was like, so can staph infection lead to like amputation? And she laughed and said, not really, but in really bad cases, pr- maybe. Um, so I think I'm probably safe. But she said, do the cream. If the if in two weeks uh, the the wound doesn't really look uh, any better, then they're gonna take. <laughs> She's like, we could we'll sign you up for a uh, we'll give you to a, a what the person that like like a skin cosmologist or like a dermatologist. No, like someone that could graft. I don't know. I, I forget what word she used. Wow, like you might need a skin graft. Something. I don't wow. know. Wow. Um, well, let me just say, Jennifer. Great catch. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jen. You're welcome. Dr. Jen, medicine woman. <laughs> Excellent work. I like that. Sean, I am, um, tell you, buddy, you don't know what you got till it's gone. That's right. I'm you gonna... scared me, buddy. You scared me bad. I didn't mean to do that. Don't you ever do that to me again, okay? <laughs> All right. Because you still owe me something from the casino, like 20 bucks, and... <laughs> if you die before you can pay me back the 20 bucks, then I'm going to be really unhappy with you. I know. Okay, so... <laughs> Again, more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. What what happened to him? What did first of all? What did he do to get kicked out of the bar? Right, you, you well, have to he's... be pretty bad at this. I mean, especially where this bar is, it's pretty divey. Um, and he said he was being rambunctious. <laughs> I'd like to know what that means. <laughs> and the fact that I mean, he basically blacked out. He doesn't right. remember what happened. And he heard from people that he was being rambunctious. So what exactly does that mean? Um, and then what happened to his body to cause this to happen? Right. <laughs> he is a little guy. So, I mean, if they just, if a bouncer threw him, but what, what hit? Like, and did he, he hit really, a car? He, he was, he said car. So I was assuming that it was somehow on like a corner of the bumper or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but just the fact that he's just like, oh, I'm just going to look at it while I'm at work. I'm just going to prop mm-hmm. my leg up. <laughs> and then Jen's like, this is my leg up here on the table. <laughs> this is why I love, this is why Sean has a separate studio. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy, but also sad that we don't have access to that photo. I know. I looked and looked and I found the blog post, but the link to the picture was broken. They must have pulled it. Yeah, I would assume that with the transfer of the My Northwest Mm -hmm. stuff that it got lost. I was very disappointed. I had such high hopes of seeing something really gross. (laughs) It's so gross. When when Luke is describing being able to see through his leg. Mm -hmm. Seeing the fat. That was what got me. Yeah, it was so bad. And then... um, this is the first time we hear Jen talking about her medical degree. Yes. Yes. I don't know if she named what college it was from. This She did. They said DeVry. Okay. But later on, she then says it's from St. Regis uh-huh. because tens, then we found out that that's actually a college and people would send her things from, <laughs> from the college. Um, but of course he had staph infection. There's a gaping hole in his leg. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I, this is this is just a, such a Sean story. 
It, it really is. And he, you know, they talked about the part where he just didn't notice anything had happened, which you don't because I think your body sort of protects you mm-hmm. when you get a wound like that. And then he woke up in the morning and there was blood in his bed and on the floor. <sighs> well, don't we learn about the blood on the floor later? Not, we didn't pull that clip, but didn't he take a lady home to his house and there was blood on the floor? And then she's just like, uh, yeah, I gotta go. And and then Luke's like, well, where did the blood come from? And I think he didn't remember the blood in the room, but he said the blood in the living room was already there or something. (laughs) That's from the one where Luke came over and hung out at his house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you don't know where the blood came from, no. you've got some problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just a good motto for life. Always know where the blood came from. <laughs> yes. Whether it's yours or from the person you killed or whatever, right. you just have to know. Oh, goodness. Anything else you need to highlight in here? No, I'm just glad he didn't lose his leg. Yes. And I'm really glad that he went to see the doctor after Jen bullied him. Yeah, there's been clearly There's been a couple times where he had injuries or needed to see the doctor and just didn't for whatever reason, but they have medical insurance. It's not like he uh-huh. he just couldn't afford medical insurance or couldn't go to the doctor, but he could. He just didn't want to. Right. Typical. Yep. <laughs> Not going to say it's a guy thing, but it's it's a really thing. is. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on from something that's disgusting to something that's disgusting in a completely different way. <laughs> and we have a clip from August 29th, 2008. Um, this is a... Was it was a cooking with Sean? Yep, it was yes. the cooking with Sean episode. Uh, that was part of the uh, time that they deep fried in the studio, and they had a whole bunch of tens and elevens come in with different things to deep fry. And I think we did that episode on LRB yes. before, yes. right, with the guest. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember whether we did this particular section of it. And regardless, it's not a bad one to listen to again. So this is uh, Sean's Snickers pie recipe. And uh, let's take a listen to the discussion of that. The 190 degree boiling, bubbling, oily kinks, which may be daunting even by uh, TBTL's ad hoc standards for something that I was initially excited about I feel a deep deep amount of fear about the radio journey that we're about to embark on more importantly the culinary journey that we're about to embark on Um, uh, it's time for cooking with Sean DeTore deep fried snicker pie edition Sean do you have your music can you guys hear in here? The tens who don't have uh, headphones here. Why don't you do this? Hand me that, and then turn the volume all the way up. And then you'll be able to hear what's going on. We've got lots of uh, deep fryers here helping us out, and uh, when we're actually doing the show, you can't hear what's happening. You can't hear Sean's 
insightful uh, cooking wisdom. Um, so uh, let me ask, Sean, you got to the grocery store. We're making a Snickers pie. Well, by we, I mean Sean. You're making a deep fried Snickers pie. The pie has been made. We're about to deep fry it. Right. Uh, there's a picture that Jen's going to put up on the website pretty soon with you holding this loaf from hell. That does not look like a pie. And uh, at least, though, Jen, it has all the right cheeses in it, because otherwise no. that would be almost inedible. No, it doesn't. I'm uh, I'm sorry, what? Shawnee, what happened? Well, last night, Jen said that she got a call from one of the tents that said it might be kind of hard to find mascarpone mm-hmm. in Safeway. And seeing as how it was about almost 11 when I get home, mm. uh, Safeway's kind of like the nearest place. Yeah. You know, so I was like, well, maybe the, uh, maybe the, maybe Jeebus will be on my side. Sure. So he loves a snicker pie, the yeah. Jeebus. I know. So I went there and looking in their cheese section for uh, mascarpone, and uh, I didn't see mascarpone. And so um, did you, a- did did you notice you ask that he's using the fancy pronunciation that he learned to try to obfuscate <laughs> over the Look. fact that we're about to eat goat butt. Let me just circumvent here. Yeah, could please stop <laughs> stop trying to circumvent the issue. So I? I decided on Shavra. Uh, wait, uh, wait, wait. So you did you ask? I mean, it's eleven o'clock at the Safeway. It's it's a post apocalyptic nightmare, right? Yeah. There are no staff. I've been there. No. So who are you going to ask? The stock boy who's got the uh, you know comedy tragedy tattooed all on his forearm. He just wants to stack cans of Tabasco sauce and be left alone, right? Sure. Yeah, so I didn't ask anybody. So you just kind of so freelanced. I and Jen and I discussed cheeses in which not to buy, like brie or gouda or whatever. So I saw a bunch of those, of course. Uh-huh. So I just went with goat because I knew or chavre because I knew it was soft and creamy and delicious, and I like goat cheese. And so why wouldn't I want to put it into a but sneaker pie? But there's nothing sweet or dessert-like about goat cheese. And didn't you? And well, uh, Sean, I feel like we're coming down on you pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's pretty deserved because <laughs> Jennifer, didn't you say? Uh, didn't you say uh, uh, ricotta? I use well. That or, was for the soft. How cheese. about how yes. uh, okay? How about uh, what about uh, cottage cheese? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. We had this entire discussion. Didn't we yesterday. suggest cottage cheese? No. Could that be a standard? That was not suggested. <laughs> we didn't discuss that, but I did have a whole discussion with Sean about how we need to choose cheeses that are dessert. Dessert-like cheeses that are sweet cheeses. Mm-hmm. And goat cheese is actually downright like kind of a strong, sometimes even, you know, bitter cheese. Mm-hmm. Well, what's in... Re- refresh me. What's in the snicker pie besides this... Abomination. Chevra. Chevra. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, what's in it is uh, a puff pastry, which is the pastry around the ins- the uh, insides. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's a Mrs. Fields. Um, five ounces of mascarpone. Well, actually, five ounces of chevre. Uh, four ounces of soft cheese, also known as ricotta. Um, How about just doubling up on the... I know this is all this is all cheese under the bridge at this point. Yeah. Well, and you were the one who said yesterday that the deep fryer would even everything out. Well, I hadn't seen this l- loaf monstrosity that he brought us. Let's, I haven't even got into the aesthetics. It, it looks awesome. It called for an... It called for an eight-inch tart tin. I'm like a tart tin, please. I looked in Safeway's aisle. I saw no tart tins. Well, I they're saw round. Me- I know. I start you there. No, no, no. I, I, but, I assumed but, but that they fairness, would be. In fairness, how many round pies have you had? <laughs> no. That's almost never the shape of a pie. No, listen, they didn't have any round tart tins. All they had were the meatloaf-shaped tins. It is fluted. It is that eight. That's a good job. And it is eight inches. <laughs> and I never really hear that. 
Did you? Did you never do a good job? <laughs> Sean, you do such a good job on so many things. I feel like putting ground beef in the Snickers pie was not. Did you do that? Because I'm just expecting no, that'll be the next I, thing you I did you put mentioned. a dash of cheese whiz. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. That'd be just gross. Guys. Okay, so what, right. so, so there's puff pastry, there's uh, chevra. Chevra, <laughs> there's ricotta, there's some uh, super fine sugar, there's three eggs, and there's um, five Snickers bars sliced thinly, mm. folded in. Mm-hmm. And milk to glaze. All right. And then you, you, you put it in the meatloaf uh, tray and you <laughs> baked it. I did. I baked it for 10 minutes on three... On 400 degrees, and then I lowered it after 10 minutes to 350 for 25 minutes. Then after that, I raised it back up, okay, to 400 degrees for another 20 minutes, and then voila. Before that, though, I wrote on it, TBTL, which is kind of hard to see. I saw that. Uh, it, I, hopefully, we'll show up in the in the photograph that we're going to put up at the uh, at the website. So I'm really confused about this Snickers pie. I mean, before we get into the Sean modifications. <laughs> Why would you deep fry this? As a baker, I listen to the recipe and I can see how it comes together. And then you bake it in the oven and it seemed like it would be a finished uh, dish at that point. And I'm not sure if the deep frying was part of the recipe or if they just thought, hey, let's deep fry that. I thought that they said, let's just deep fry it. They, for some reason, they had a deep fryer and they had tents come into the studio and just throw their stuff into it. And for some reason, Sean wanted to do this. See, I didn't even see this pie as being one that you bake. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. I just. This is a straight up baked good. Um, but, and I think you need to make this the correct way. I was thinking that I might. So I did, I Googled Snickers pie. And first of all, it seems like they picked a needlessly complicated recipe because I couldn't find anything that was nearly as complicated. Nothing that had mascarpone (laughs) or ricotta in it. And most of them were like no-bake Snickers pies that you would make with Cool Whip and chopped up Snickers and stuff. So they seem to pick a very difficult option, but I can see how it would come together. It's just that the deep frying is the totally unnecessary step. And what you wouldn't batter that, right? You wouldn't dunk it first. You would just stick it into the oil. And that seems crazy. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they did batter it, it would be okay. But otherwise it's just a melt. I mean, did I don't remember this. I ha- I should go back and listen. But wouldn't it just ruin the oil when it all melts everywhere? I don't know. I when I so I googled Snickers pie and found all the no bake versions, mm-hmm. and then I googled deep fried Snickers pie, and all I found was the deep fried candy bar on a stick mm-hmm. that you get at fairs and stuff. So I don't know. It just seems like it would be a disaster yes. no matter which way you did it with this. Well, I would argue that deep frying anything in a radio station is, is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. Didn't they? Is this when they got kicked out of cooking things or was that when they did the Prezine? I feel like that was the Prezine. Yeah. <laughs> I've also heard Sean getting chastised for other foods that he's eaten on other shows mm. because he's a cook fish in the microwave, that coworker. <laughs> he just doesn't think about it. Nope. Um, I love when he, um, 
he said that he went into the store. They didn't have what he wanted. And he was hoping that Jeebus was on his side and that the goat <laughs> cheese would work. <laughs> and Jen was just so upset about this because they had a whole conversation yeah. about appropriate cheeses. Yeah, because mascarpone can be difficult to find. It can. It's mm-hmm. usually not going to be at the Safeway that's open 24 hours a day. Um it's going to be at a higher end grocery store and sometimes even then not all the time. So she gave him different options that he could do cream cheese, more ricotta, mm-hmm. like all different kinds of things. And he chose goat cheese. I don't know <laughs> if he's never had goat cheese before. Maybe that was the problem. Well, he seemed to maybe he was talking about how it was tangy and he liked it. So he thought it would be good. It just demonstrates his fundamental lack of understanding about the difference between desserts and savory (laughs) foods. Um, I liked when he, when Luke starts saying, well, you know, trying to correct him and he goes, it's cheese under the bridge at this point. I mean, we can't go back. (laughs) (laughs) And then when he couldn't find a tart pan and Jen says, it's round. (laughs) Um, and then luke said but in all fairness how many round pies have you really had (laughs) because he made it like a meat he made it in a meatloaf pan Mm -hmm. or a loaf a loaf pan rather than something round (laughs) i would say this whole episode is really one of the best illustrations of the character of all three of them (laughs) where luke is just being so funny and Mm -hmm. charming and sean is carving out his Sean path Mm -hmm. to the world. And Jen is so bossy Mm -hmm. about the whole thing. She's so, and actually I think this is probably the episode where I fell in love with Jen Mm -hmm. because like a lot of women, I um, have been taught to be quiet and be sweet and don't be bossy or be pushy or anything. And I listened to Jen just being completely stressed out Mm -hmm. And bossy and telling everybody what to do. And I still loved her. And it's clear that everybody still loved her. And I had a moment where it's like, hey, maybe you don't have to be a perfect lady in order to be valued and be loved. So thanks, Jen. She she had that persona every time there was a cooking with Sean. Mm-hmm. And I loved it so much, especially the... um tons of effing risotto one where she wasn't oh even in the room and she's on skype saying no more more liquid more liquid and i was getting shut i mean all of these stress me out a lot and i've tried some of these concoctions that he's made mm-hmm. and he does he needs a gen there in the kitchen to to do this yes i mean i will give him one point that making it in a loaf pan if you're going to Deep fry it is probably smarter than a pie pan. Yes, absolutely. So he gets one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out that I do have an eight-inch round tart tin. So you have to make- maybe one of these days I will. I mean, I could probably put it together just from his description because mm-hmm. he gave he says the oven temperature amounts. and baking time and everything. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll give it a shot and see how it turns out. It's too bad we didn't think of this idea before the live show. True. Because you did bring two cakes and they were the hit. <laughs> 
Any excuse. That's all I need. <laughs> take note, people. You just have to give me the barest hint and I will take it and run with it. Because I've been places where people think it's funny to give Sean either chev- chevre or uh, mascarpone cheese <laughs> as presents. <laughs> So, well, that's great, but then you got to do all the work with them. Right. So, I mean, he's probably like, yay, free cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we should have thought about that idea before. Next time. Next time. All right. So sticking with the vein of cooking, um, this is uh, from January 1st, 2010, episode 472, Sean trying out for the MasterChef show. Let's start with something that I fear, I fear is is a not awesome. Come on! And this is um, Sean's plans to try out for this Gordon Ramsay cooking show on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The reason that I'm nervous is because you don't really know how to cook. I, I know how to cook. Um, I mm. might not. <laughs> I might not be the most the the best chef ever, which is great because they're not looking for the best chef ever. They're looking for me. Um, wh- wh- how did you describe? I like that. How confidence. did you describe your? <laughs> you told me yesterday off air how you described your cuisine, your cooking style for the application. Oh yeah, I described my cooking style as traditional and experimental. <laughs> <laughs> that- you know, those are two opposite ideas, right? <laughs> also the understatement of the year. It's traditional and experimental because I will cook some things that I know and I'll throw in a couple of items in there to make it kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, that's descriptive. So um, where's the thing at? Where's so the it's, it's in Kirkland, I believe. Yeah. It's Kirkland or Bellevue. I found out about this through a listener, uh, I believe, Carrie. Um, and uh, it's it's this Sunday. And so this show is called Master Chef. Um, Gordon Ramsay's going to be hosting this thing. I got a 12-page uh, application that I need to fill out. And I need to bring a prepared dish, a current photo of myself, because I'm going to be there, which I don't know why they need a photo of me. For later. They'll, the, the ca- if they like you, the, the casting director in probably L.A. will want to have a picture of you because they will not have seen you. Good There's going to probably be like an intern with a video camera there. Okay. Yeah, I'm super nervous because I'm kind of embellishing my application just a <laughs> this is the, this is the, This is the not awesome part. Uh, is, is, uh, Tom, Come on! What, what are you saying on your resume about Tom Douglas? Okay, so um, we're going to section two, In the Kitchen, which is funny because that's Tom Douglas is the name of his show, In the Kitchen with Tom and Terry. Uh, so it says, have you ever attended a culinary school or any other cooking program? I circled no. And it says, if no, what is your background relating to cooking, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, cookbooks, family recipes, and I was an understudy of Tom Douglas and Terry Rotaro for a little while. <laughs> which, is, which is sort of Whoa. true. Which is sort of true because I was on their show for like two or three months with a friend of mine and we cooked food and we chatted about it on their show and they gave us lessons on how to improve things. I, I mean, I know that that's technically... But that's not what an understudy is. Here's the problem with that. They're going to see that and they're going to think, oh, he trained under Tom Douglas like and Terry Rotaro in the kitchen. These are two really well-known... And stepped in on the show when one of them couldn't perform their duties. And, and what's going to happen is they're going to say something to you like... Um, why don't you sous vide this? And you're going to say, sous what? <laughs> yeah. Let's see your cocoa bin. Huh? <laughs> so, that, that doesn't mean take your shirt off either, Sean, <laughs> which I know is commonly. So, Sean, my question is, why wouldn't you say that you had a regular cooking segment on 
too beautiful to live. Well, I'm going to put that in there too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to put that in there too for sure. Cooking with Sean. I mean, that's me. Yeah, that is you. But do, do you think that I should change understudy? Should I put regular cooking segment on? The, you know, no. I say with go Tom with. Douglas I say go GPL? with it. I say go with it. But I'm just. I think you could say recurring appearances. But an understudy literally means that you step in if one of Terry or Tom cannot perform on the show, and that's just that's stretching it. Okay. okay. I'm I, I am not like I'm all for a resume padding, Shawnee. The mm-hmm. only reason that I think it might be a bad idea is because again, it could lead to a really embarrassing situation where they are like if you go in basically like they call up Tom Douglas. No, just like they ask you to do something and you have no idea what it is. But they think you know – they assume that you know going in because of thinking you like studied under him. Yeah. Like I think you should just play the like I have a cooking segment on a radio show. I'm not a traditional cook in that I know how to put ingredients together and make them taste good <laughs> and apply heat. That's not true. Your hamburger helper noodle casserole was awesome that you mm-hmm. made your 30-minute meal. That was yeah. delicious. Thank you very much. But um, I, I just – I think you should you should go in – and kind of be like, I'm the wacky guy. Like that should be your card because you're not going to have better knife skills than other people or yeah, have no. more like, you know, you're starting out with a very limited base knowledge of cooking. As would I, you know, I, I couldn't do it either. I'm yeah. not saying I have like. But I, there is, I think Luke's right because there is a slot for that person. You know, they're, they are looking for that guy that comes in and their specialty is Kool-Aid pickles or whatever, you know, because they're going to want it to be more well-rounded. Okay. Okay. Well, I think play that up because I wanted to go into this sort of, you know, like, of course, joke, but also serious sort of, you know, so maybe I'll kind of ixnay the Tom Douglas thing. I thought it was no, 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 no. Leave it on. Leave it on. But change it a little. Leave it on. Just don't say understudy. Okay. Just make sure that you like, let them know that. I don't know. I would leave it on because it will it probably like they will then may, maybe make a little star by your name. Like, oh, this guy Tom, Tom Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, Tom Douglas won Iron Chef. He was on Top Chef this year. He's a big wig, right? Yeah, you could just say regular appearances, right? And then of course I'm going to put in how I have a, my own cooking segment That's on right. TVTL. That's right. Um, and what I'm planning on making, I'm not real sure. I was thinking about doing a, a mac and cheese, a homemade mac and cheese, where it's real, real. I've been making these lately. They have been coming out so bomb, dude. So good. I added some spices. It's going to kill them. Okay. Not literally, but it's going to knock them dead. Not literally, but (laughs) they're going to love it. Um, Yeah. What do you think of that, Jen, mac and cheese? Um, I think that that's – I think a lot of people would would maybe think to do that because that's kind of a hot thing right now is is deconstructing mac and cheese. Do you think I should make something I've made on TBTL? Doing a play. I wouldn't do that. Well, maybe, you know, that, that beer bread was pretty fantastic, but I don't know if they'll be interested in something that has two ingredients. What's the fanciest dish that you've ever made, Shawnee? Pro- uh, I've, I've made a wine reduction sauce for, some, for a nice piece of steak. I don't know, maybe, uh, I guess a steak, you can't really, a steak's going to get weird if you bring it, it's going to be cold. Like it, it has to be, it's, you, have to br- you have to bring your own uh, warming thing if you want to keep it warm or cooling thing. So it has to be either served at room temperature or you keep it warm or cold yourself. Mm, I see. I, I, I don't know. I say go with mac and cheese. Do you have any kind of special like trick to it? Well, there's a question here. How would you gourmetify any sort of meal that you usually make? And a friend suggested, shoot, man, just add four cheeses. <laughs> I think this is going to go really well. <laughs> I think this. I think this is. Oh, gonna be, wow. I think this is going to be amazing. But the mac and cheese I've been making has been just, just so good. Okay. I add a little heat. I add a little oregano, some parsley, some basil. Do it, man. All right. Do go it. with it. 
Okay, Anne, do you watch this show? I have watched MasterChef, yes. Sean would not fit on this show. These Oh, God, no. These people have actually cooked in restaurants. Mm-hmm. All, he would be a better candidate for Hell's Kitchen. No, not Hell's Kitchen. What's the one where he yells at people all the time? Maybe it is Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, that's Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. He would be a good contestant on that because he's quirky and funny and would mess up the risotto every single time and Gordon would yell at him and that would be a good but master chef are actually good chefs <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah if they haven't worked professionally as chefs then it's like they've had their own catering business or something right. they're very food focused Correct. it's not just people who enjoy cooking at home who decide to try out right right um, and I love when, what did he say? A classic modern spin? Is that what he said? <laughs> he said, yes. do you know that those two terms are contradictory? Yes. Traditional and experimental. <laughs> I think actually, do they have a cooking reality show where they take people who have never cooked before or who have little cooking experience and sort of teach them? Well, that would be a good show. He would be great on that. He would. Because I think he he does have some flair, mm-hmm. let's say, in the kitchen, even if he doesn't necessarily know how it works. But he talks about some of the dishes. I mean, he talks about his homemade mac and cheese mm-hmm. in this. So he seems to have some sort of understanding of the cooking process. Yeah. I like when um – he was asking his friends for help with the, making his signature dish. And they said, shoot, man, just add four cheeses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, when you're like gourmetifying. <laughs> Instead of three cheeses, just have four. Well, yep. I've never thought of that. <laughs> I have had his mac and cheese, but not his. It was Kraft. And this was at the oh. Brazil wedding. He They uh-huh. did a Sean, cooking with Sean. And it was little Dixie cups filled with um, Kraft macaroni and cheese in which he had put different spices on. Was it warm or cold macaroni and cheese? It was cold, which is the worst thing in life. Ooh. It was cold. And some of them were gross, like cinnamon. Oh, yuck. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't try any of his stuff anymore. Whew. Yeah. I think that maybe the best line of the whole clip is right at the beginning when Sean was saying that he was nervous and Luke said, the reason that I'm nervous is that you don't really know how to cook. (laughs) And then Jen said, I'm so glad I'm not there. (laughs) I like his confidence, though, and that he's going to use Tom Douglas and Terry Rotaro as his, um, not his uh, references, but... I guess sort of as his references to say that he he was an understudy of Tom Douglas. So basically lie. Yes. Because he he did the same thing. They have a Saturday morning show on Cairo and uh, they talk about food. It's actually a very interesting show. And he would do the same thing he does for TBTL. He was like the board op and the producer of it or something. Uh Um, So him saying that he was the understudy... (laughs) And Jen's like, no, because that means that if they aren't there, you jump in and cook for them. And that's not what happened. (laughs) Oh, so do you think that he 
really seriously thought that he had a chance or was he just doing this as a lark? I think he thought he had a chance. He stood in line for hours. Wow. Well, good for him. I'm sad he didn't make it. That would have been entertaining for sure. For sure. Um, Before we move on, I just want to make sure I'm trying to credit the people who archived these show. And so big thanks to Dana Steele who archived this episode. Thank you, Dana. Mm -hmm. And did we miss the... Oh, you did the other ones. (laughs) Yeah, the last couple of ones I found snooping around. Um, Moving on to the next one. Um, So there was a show where Luke went to Sean's apartment and hung out. And I was listening to it and I thought we could use that for uh, one of the clips. But I just got really overwhelmed because the whole thing was so good. How would I pick a clip? Yes. So this clip is from September 1st, 2010. It's a couple of days after the show at Sean's house. And he, uh, on the show at his house, had introduced a couple of problems that he was having (laughs) with his neighbors. And so this is an update on that. And we get to hear how those situations turned out. Uh, Sean, you you had a a run-in with your upstairs neighbor where you were playing your music real loud, uh, or at least too loud for her, in the middle of the night. And then she came down, and then you just said, you said, I will turn it down, but I will not turn it off. And she said, fine, be a jerk. And then we told you, maybe that's a little bit... Um, abrasive of you. So then you took a note to this lady that mm-hmm. said, hey, I'm sorry I was being a jerk, which I thought was a great move. You've finally gotten a word from her via a relative about how she took that. What, what, was, what happened when you ran into this lady's sister the other day? So I ran into her sister and her sister's friend, and uh, they actually ironically asked me, oh, were we being too loud? And mm. I said, oh, no, I was just coming outside. And then I went up and said, hey, by the way, uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly how it came up. Uh, but I explained kind of what happened and that I left a note and she was like, the sister said, Oh, so you're the asshole neighbor. And this was after the note. This was after the note. And I was like, is your, is your sister here? She's like, no, she's, she's out for the night or we'll be back shortly. And I was like, so this is what happened. And I was, I kind of told her the story. And uh, her sis- the girl I was talking to, the sister, said that uh, the uh, girl who had trouble with the audio uh, volume described the situation to her but never mentioned the note. And I was like, really? You should totally ask her about a note. I left it um, under the mat here, and uh, hopefully everything's cool. When she said you're the a-hole or you're the jerk, did she say it in a kind of a funny way? Like, oh, you're the – or was she like being sort of cutting about it? Um it was – I guess you could say it was kind of half and half. I mean I wasn't quite sure how to take it, but what I said was, no, I'm not really an asshole neighbor. I left a note. I was really apologetic. I wasn't trying to be that guy. So, you know, uh, she seemed nice enough and the friend seemed okay. He seemed drunk too, but – But then in in uh, other neighbor news, you ran into your – the person you described as sex neighbor because you heard her engaged in um, sexy stuff and and you said to her – you guys were having a conversation, and you said offhandedly something to the effect of like, "Oh yeah, I, I can, you know, the walls are thin. I can kind of hear you in your in your in your lovemaking." And she said, <gasps> "She actually gasped." No, so yeah, I I came to her and I was like, "Hey, Carrie, can you hear my music?" And she seemed really relieved that I brought it up. She's like, "Yes." So oh we, no! So we kind of worked that situation out, and I said, "I'm going to try to really work on that." Um, 
and uh, I was like, I'm a night owl. She's like, yeah, I know. Um, oh, and she said to me, I can also hear you with um, ladies every once in a while. And I kind of didn't want to just be the one person that everyone hears something from. So I brought up to her. Well, you know, I've heard actually you on a couple of occasions, like maybe a month or so ago. And she was like, she, it got really awkward there for a moment. And she was like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm single. I, uh, I haven't had a guest for a while. And I'm like, really? And I didn't want to say, Hey, I heard a girl voice and I also heard a guy voice. Um, cause I thought that that would be prodding and kind of creepy. So I just was like, Oh, well, I didn't mean to embarrass you. She's like, oh, no, not at all. <clears throat> and she's like, maybe it, the sound was coming from upstairs somewhere. I'm like, yeah, sure. Maybe it was floating around sex noises. So you're, you're convinced, though, that she I'm, did have a, a, a gentleman caller, and she's just now trying to pretend it didn't happen? I'm convinced because I heard it right – it was like 8 in the morning. I was like, it was 8 in the morning. I woke Could up. Could it have been a Sharon Stone movie? <laughs> uh, you know, I which one sliver? Did you? Yeah, a little Billy Baldwin. Was it was it Billy Baldwin by any chance? <laughs> you know what, Jen? You make a good point because uh, it actually it could have been a movie because when she said that she's heard me uh, with some ladies, I've had you know a handful of ladies in my in my boudoir, and and some other times it's been porno. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what she's hearing. Uh, and this, this is an amazing, amazing conversation that would never have taken place on Cairo. So that's fun. Because they have a dump button. <laughs> we do, too. It's called editing this out later. <laughs> right. Wow. So, um, well, Everything about that conversation with your neighbor is inappropriate, but it's mostly her fault because she started it. So yeah, what and can I, you do? Well, and, kind of. Not really. It sounds like what, what really happened was Sean said – um, is my music ever too loud? And she said, oh, dear God, yes, it is. Please make it stop. <laughs> and then to make her feel better. No, no, no. She, she did say. No, I, she said, I, I can hear you hear. with ladies. Yeah. She started oh, yeah. it. And oh, she okay. said, but there's, I know there's nothing you can really do about that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Well, um, sounds like things are going really good at Melrose Place. <laughs> I don't know about your tolerance for your neighbors, but Sean sounds like he's a pretty lousy neighbor, frankly. <laughs> I like, I will turn it down, but I will not turn it off. That's just rude anyways. But mm-hmm. but the writing a letter is nice. Yes. I mean, he is a nice guy. Mm-hmm. We can probably safely assume that he was a bit T&E right. during this particular conversation. So and maybe if, he's not completely to blame. If the walls are thin and he's having to deal with other people's stuff, mm-hmm. then I can imagine that he was on edge if someone said, hey... You're being really loud. And also, remember, he gets off at 10 o'clock at night. Right. So that's his, you know, time. And then he sleeps in. So people, other people getting up and watching TV or walking around at 6 or 7 in the morning when normal hour working people um, are doing that, that bothers him. But he's uh-huh. he's very tolerant. He's never said anything. But the fact... Okay, so first of all, the other neighbor that mentioned the sexy time first <laughs> is in the wrong. That mm-hmm. that was weird. That was so weird. You can say, "Oh, I can sometimes hear your TV or you talking." That that leads you to believe, "Okay, I they can hear me." But then when right. Sean says, "Oh, but I heard you too." Like both of them just stop. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's one of these 
when he's telling this story, I was hiding my face. Like, no, right. make it stop. <laughs> and then I like when he said, um, you know, I've had a handful of ladies in there, but also porno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how Luke was quizzing him and maybe it could have been a Sharon Stone movie. <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah, uh, it, that's so weird. And then for the neighbor to go, oh, but I'm single. I haven't been with right. someone in a while. Like, no, everybody, just walk away from this conversation. <laughs> yes, please don't try to resolve this. At some point, you just need to cut it off and leave. Yes, but really, if you're going to watch porn in your apartment and you understand that this is a thin wall situation. Mm-hmm. Couldn't you just turn the volume down? I mean, is it? Do you need how the sound? How high of a volume do you need it? <laughs> right, or wear headphones? Oh, now that's a thought. <laughs> I don't know how much sound you need on porn at all, but it seems like there can be alternates to this. And um, yeah, I I just think that if you can hear other people, that means they can hear you. Let's just always uh-huh. keep that in mind. I don't know. Maybe it's like when people in the car pick their nose or something. They're inside their car and they feel they think they're invisible. Safe. And if they don't realize that the windows are, in fact, two-way. <laughs> right. Or they don't care. I mean, I don't know. just seems weird. I had neighbors that would um, play music really loud, especially on Saturdays. They would have karaoke. I know I'm saying this wrong. Ranchero music. Uh-huh. And it would last a really long time, like two, three o'clock in the morning. But I didn't complain and I didn't care because that meant that I could break the rule of washing my clothes whenever I wanted to or have oh. my TV as loud as I want to. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter. Give and take. You And we just kind of had an unspoken rule about that, I guess. Um, I don't know that I know how to define ranchero music, but I, in my last apartment, I did have a Mexican family that lived next door. Mm -hmm. And on Friday afternoons, they would play some very Mexican-y music, Mm -hmm. possibly a ranchero. But I was always so happy because it meant that it was Friday. (laughs) I really enjoyed listening to it through the wall. Yeah, I, I, it's fine. It just makes me hungry for like tortilla chips. (laughs) I just want some <laughs> chips and salsa. Um, I think when you add in the karaoke part is when that's when it goes south. Yes, that that does change the <laughs> equation a little bit. Home karaoke anyways, but then also adding that into it. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if only it was home karaoke from Sean's <laughs> neighbors. But so Luke makes a comment of what was it? Uh, Everything sounds like it's going good at Melrose Place. <laughs> yes. His complex does look like Melrose. It's the like um, kind of square, like almost like a U-shaped building. And I uh-huh. think the sound kind of also reverberates in there. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. <laughs> so it's there. It's kind of on a busy street. Everybody knows each other because you're right there. I mean, do you remember when he threw a birthday party for himself in the parking lot of this place? Yes, didn't he have a band? He had, yeah, I think he had multiple bands. And then also, uh, he had a 10 be a character artist. 
Right. <laughs> I wonder if you were that person that was the artist at Sean's birthday, let us know. Yeah, no kidding. I think that show was on at the same time that uh, I told you that my brother worked as a caricature artist at the Mall of America. He's very talented. And I had just had a, I had a moment listening to that where I thought, oh man, I wish that I could get Carl to go do it. Yeah, that would have been cool. Mm -hmm. So, and my other favorite uh, reaction in this, apart from the Melrose Place comment, was that Jen commented that this conversation would never have happened on Cairo. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, because we had the dump button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember the first time I, at the Mariners game, I met Sean and I was asking how the dump button works. And he said, oh, it's easy. It's like this. You can say, Fuck, 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 fuck. And on the seventh, <laughs> fuck, you're, you're fucked. <laughs> that's the per- perfect, perfect expression of what that's like. Because <laughs> there's a seven second delay, I guess. Is that what that means? And we thought we weren't going to learn anything tonight. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. So the last one is a good one. It's um, from September 3rd, 2010, um, episode 636. This is when Sean gets drunk and leaves voicemails for both Jen and Luke. And this was um, at Luke's house, podcast only, when he was doing it himself, right? Yeah, I think... Like they had food or something. I swear I heard some like clinking of forks on plates <laughs> at some point during that conversation. And Sean came over and they discussed that he had called them, uh, that he had called Luke in the middle of the night and played the voicemail. Last time I heard from you, Sean, you were leaving me a really awesome message. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. At like 2.40 in the morning. I don't know what time it was. I think Van definitely thought that was a booty call or something. <laughs> it's like, how often does my phone ring at 2.40 in the morning? Yeah. Well, I uh, I want to apologize for waking you up. You have um, no need to, uh, maybe a little for the waking me up, yeah. but you have no need to apologize for the message. The message was as sweet as can be. I don't know what I said. Would you I, like to hear it right now? Yeah. You don't want to hear I kinda, it. I kind of would. I also called Jen yes. and left a message with her. I was listening to old TBTL clips at home and feeling nostalgic, and uh, I had some booze juice in me, yeah. Okay, there's one part. I've only listened to the first half of this message, so here's the thing. If you are watching us on Ustream right now, you are going to hear the uh, unedited version of this. But then if there's something in there, Sean, that you don't want me to leave in for the final thing, I'm going to cut it out. Okay. Because I honestly – I know the first – I know the first um, – How long is the message? It is um, b- a minute and 31 seconds. Okay. I listened to about the first 45 seconds. There was one thing in there that I don't think you want in there, so I'm going to duck that down. Like even on the live feed? You yes. Can just- I'm going to duck it down even for them. Okay. But then I don't know what happens. It's nothing bad. It's nothing super bad. Okay. It's it's something that you'll be deeply embarrassed about. Okay. Um, but it's just um, – I'm going to duck that down, but then I don't know what's on the last 45 seconds. So we may <laughs> we'll have just, to – Just let it we go. We may not be able to play any of it, but okay. here we go. So you have no memory of what happened in the – first, can you tell me what were the events that led up to this message being left? 
Uh, the events that led up to this were uh, that uh, I went out on Wednesday night to go see uh, a couple of buddies I work with, Aaron and Mike, mm-hmm. who are in a couple of uh, bands separately. Yeah. Uh, and so I went out to the show. I was going to try to stay off. Why don't you give those bands a plug? Because yeah. we love them. Uh, so Mike Seavers, uh, our, our friend, is in a band called um, the uh, Crown Hill Invention. Okay. And then uh, Aaron Rose, who runs the board, actually, yeah. for Dave Ross, he's in a band called Trip Audrey. Okay, so the corner of invention? No. The, uh, shoot, what did I just say? I don't know. The, uh, no, the Crown Hill Invention. The Crown Hill Invention. Sorry. I always want to say the Crown Hill Intervention. I think he used to be in a band that had corner in the name of it. That's really? why I'm confused. Okay, The yeah. Crown Hill Intervention no, is no, one No, 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 Invention. God damn it. <laughs> I always want to say Intervention. Let's have an intervention right now. The Crown Hill Invention. <laughs> yes. That's our friend Mike Seaver's band. Yes. One of the best dudes you'll ever meet. And then one of the other best dudes you'll ever meet, Aaron Rose, yeah. Trip Audrey. Trip if you Audrey. see those band names, go see them. So I went to the show and... Uh, uh, I was planning on taking some time off of, of booze, mm-hmm. and so that's why going out to the bar, I was like, it was going to be a challenge for me. There- so you were planning on taking some time off of the booze juice, but you also decided, I be- right before I do that, I should go to a bar. Well, I wanted to go to support the bands Got it. that Got my it. friends are in. Yes, and of course, you know, I don't have to have a drink when I go into a bar, but I get that feeling where I'm like, I'm in a bar. Yeah, I want something. So anyway, I love juice. I'm with a bunch of workmates and one person that I work with. Uh, decided to, uh, he's like, what do you want? So he bought me, I was like, uh, you know, okay. Now it's, and see, now it's just gone, it's just gone straight to 11 for you because if there's one thing you love, it's free booze juice. Exactly. You love booze juice a lot, but you love free booze juice even more. I do, I do. And uh, so this guy, he he bought me a drink, a Jameson on the rocks, delicious. And uh, I wanted to buy him a drink in return, a point later, and he's like, you know, I make way more money than you. Let me do this. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> and it's very true. Uh, I wasn't, my feelings were not hurt. It's very honest and very true. And I agree with it. This guy is the custodian. Sadly. <laughs> he is. He is. But yeah, Jorge. Um, so, uh, you know, as the night progressed, I had about six or seven of these Jamesons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then when I went home, I had a couple of tall, uh, cans of beer that I had just sitting around. How many Jamesons again? About six or seven. So it was, went from no drinking to six or seven Jamesons. On the house, on Got the it. rocks. I mean, here's the thing. Let's just call it what it is. Once you're two Jamesons into it, then you're six Jamesons into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no stopping. That's that's why. Okay, because I've been I've been uh, keeping it. I've been keeping it uh, on the uh, keep it on the sober tip this week, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do it until we go to L.A. Because I just want to be. I have a lot of work to do, and I just want to be dealing with being hungover. And I'm trying to kind of get my um get my cuteness on right which usually is directly related to not having my bloated drunkiness on <laughs> so anyway uh, uh but i like even today i was thinking god it's a beautiful day i've worked really hard this week i've done two shows every day yeah. maybe i'll just have a, a beer but the thing is for me it's like if i end up having a beer if i end up having some scotch i just i'm gonna end up with having six yeah because sometimes you know there are those days when you can just have one drink and you're cool with it there just aren't many of them there's not many of them you know, and you want more that you want more. So, 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 uh, you end up, uh, back at home, uh, and then you're having, uh, some tall boys, some tall boys. I'm, I'm listening to archived TBTL from when we were on the air, uh, back at Cairo. I have a bunch of stuff on, on my computer and on CD that I was listening to Yeah, a bunch of, uh, you know, why it mattered when we would act out scenes and, or the players, oh, the when, TBTL when we had the players. players come in, Josh Love Kearns, uh, 
So I was listening to a bunch of stuff, and I wanted to email you, but mm-hmm. the file, the audio file, was too large. Oh, you were going to send me what I was listening to, and saying, "Luke, this is awesome. I I love it." And so that didn't work. And so I thought text was going to be a little too impersonal and it would take me forever. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I figured I would call you. And right. then I, I don't know if I called you or Jen first, but... Uh, I think you called Jen first because in the message you say that you had just called Jen. Okay. Here it is. This is the message. Luke, um, I'm calling you because I've already uh, called Jen and I've had a lot of love in my heart and I have a lot of love for you. And I'm listening to a bunch of old... Uh, moments of you and I and Jen on TVTL that I have recorded into my computer and I've been loving them right now. Um, and I just want to call you and say that um, I can't say the word love. I can't have my girl. <laughs> but uh, I can say that I like you um, a lot. And... Uh, Listening to uh, these things that I have on my computer, these past moments of you, me, and Jen all together, like you were saying to Jen and us the other day, like listening to the old radio show really makes you like think that the podcast is shit. That doesn't matter. Podcast is awesome. But uh, like listening for me uh, to the old images of you, me, and Jen, uh, it's really great. Anyway, this message is really long. I'm about to write, but um, um, <laughs> I will see you soon, and uh, I'm just I'm loving this old shit, and uh, it's good. It's good, man. Had your kids, had your wife, and had your husband because they're raping everybody out here. <laughs> See, Sean, wow. that was really sweet. And that's why I sent you a text back that said, thank you so much for that message. Yeah, yeah, you did. You, you did. are you are the kind of guy that uh, when you are into your cups, as they say, you become even nicer and even more lovable, which is hard because you're a very nice, very lovable guy in real life. But in drunk life, even more so. Thank you. Don't take that as an encouragement to <laughs> always have 11 million drinks every night. Yeah. But but um, but I just wanted I wanted to play that for you because I wanted you to know you don't have anything to feel bad about. I appreciate it, and and I do I know which part you uh, you potted that down. Uh, I down probably a good call, right? Yeah, you know. That, I, I wouldn't have really cared if people heard that. Well, I just wanted to be respectful. I appreciate it. I wonder what I said to Jen on her message. Have you well, heard from her? I, I have. I, she emailed me because I said yesterday uh, on the show, I said something like, uh, Sean is not here today. He might be a little might be a little hungover considering I received a message from him in the middle of the night. And then I got an email from Jen right away. She's like, oh, uh, I don't feel special. I thought I was the only one who got a drunk dial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So what did you think of this? I thought it was so cute. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Drunk Sean is a lovey Sean. Yes, for sure. I like I I loved when he's like, Oh, I had decided to take some time off of booze and then Luke's like, and right before that you should probably just go to a bar. <laughs> but it's very um very telling of Sean. I mean, there was the other time when they all decided to go in the red wagon, but Sean said, can I start next week? Because I want to go out and drink tonight. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, it's like saying I'm going to go on a diet on Monday right. after this birthday party. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I love that he drunk dialed to say super nice things. I wish we had heard Jen's 
mm-hmm. what he had said to Jen. Um, and then this is the first time we hear of um, Sean not being able to say that he loves someone. Yeah. So we, uh, if you listen back a little bit, I think you can hear that he never has told a girl that. Do you know that? Uh-uh. That he had never told a girlfriend that he loved her, even though, I mean, he had been with Christina for a really long time and he never had said it. Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, that's, yeah, they have said that before. Like, ooh, you maybe need to go to therapy for that. Uh-huh. So was that what Luke was sort of ducking down on? Yes. When Yes. The, the love talk. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was a little bit garbled in there. But he yeah. did say, I won't say I love you, but I will say I like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think he's like, I, I don't, you know that I can't say I love you. I'm not able to. And then he, I think he edits it out a little bit because he probably goes into, I can't say it to whoever, but mm-hmm. I like you. <laughs> Lushan. Oh, you know, that's I what hope happens that he's, when you... I hope he's been able to, to overcome that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a few years. But yes, he's Maybe. super fun. He's very approachable as well. Like I said, um, he's always the person that will try to get everyone involved if he sees you talking, you know, coming to a meetup by yourself. He remembers everything is really nice and very interested in everything that people say. He's a good one. So I'm interested in the contrast of this clip and the superating wound story, because in this clip, when he's drunk, he is all lovey and nostalgic and call and tell people that he likes them a lot. But in the story where he busted up his leg, he was drunk and he was really aggressive Mm -hmm. with people. So, you know, they always say that getting drunk reveals sort of what, you know, what kind of a drunk you are. Mm -hmm. And those seem to be two totally different things. And I wonder if it's just like a level of drunkenness. Yeah. So that's why I want to know what got him thrown out because it could have possibly been him just asking a question. And then getting like, hey, dude, what's up? I mean, similar to the neighbor thing, like, oh, you can hear me having sex? Well, I can hear you having sex, you know? And it could have just been a mistake. Like, if he was out smoking and someone said something, he's like, what's up? Why are, why are you doing that? Ah, so it's just more awkward, Sean, yeah. statements rather than being aggressive. That's what I would put money on. That's why it was so mm. shocking to hear that he got kicked out of a place and actually thrown Unless someone's messing with one of his friends. He's a lot like Luke in that way. Because remember, Luke big dogs and headbutts people when someone's (laughs) trying to mess with his friends. Maybe Sean little dogs. Like gets on someone's leg and bites them. (laughs) For sure. And I enjoyed that Luke reported that uh, Jen said she doesn't feel special because she wasn't the only one who got a drunk dial that night. (laughs) I know, but I still want to hear her. She probably doesn't have it anymore, but Mm -hmm. that was definitely cute. I love just thinking of Sean um, sitting in his little apartment, listening to old episodes. I just And you could actually hear them in the background. I I could hear Luke talking. (laughs) I know. 
Like he didn't stop it before he picked up the phone to call. Yeah, I love that. I wonder how he would listen because they didn't come on records. <laughs> I actually know a listener gave him an iPod at one point because he said that he couldn't listen to, um, he couldn't download music or listen to the podcast because he, you know, he had the old, old timey. I mean, even when people were starting to get phones where you could download, he had mm-hmm. an old timey phone, like an old flip phone or one of those of Nokia ones where he would have to push the letter <laughs> three times to get a C, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, people were always giving him things. Yep. One of the clips that I considered was had to do with his $1 car yep. that a listener sold him. Yeah, I think he might still have that. So the last time he was on, he still had that car. That's great. Was that a Volvo? I think it was. Either a Volvo or a yeah. Saab, one of those cars like that. That's going to last forever. forever. <laughs> Good for him. Good yeah, deal. For sure. I think he- this episode was really um, an embarrassment of riches, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> Like when we did a couple of months ago, we did the episode on taxes. Mm -hmm. And so I went and I Googled or I keyword searched taxes in the archives and I got seven uh, results. And so we Mm -hmm. picked like four and used those. And I went and I Googled or stupid, I keyword searched Sean and I got literally hundreds (laughs) of results that I had to go through. And I was like, we'll never make this a manageable show because he's just such a personality. For sure. Yeah, if you have a favorite Sean, if anyone has a favorite Sean um, segment that we didn't talk about, let us know. That could be a way for you to come on the show. Absolutely. That would be a great idea. Yeah, I definitely think both uh, both Jen and Sean should have multiple episodes because they've done that been such great assets to the show and we miss uh-huh. them a lot. So should we move on to some housekeeping? Sure. Um, let's see. There's the archive and people need to do it. And it's awesome because <laughs> Anne was able to do this show to find all these clips because of the awesome work of the archive. Andrew has reached out to me to find things. And the only reason we um, were able to, I was able to help him is because of the archive. And what was really fun is meeting a lot of what I call the Historitans this weekend who had come up to me and apologize for their weeks not being done. <laughs> and luckily it feeds itself into a Google sheet and I was able to look them up and tell them if they were on my bad list or not, <laughs> which Ross, I'm coming for you. I'm watching you. <laughs> so I, I would, uh, Sydney apologized and I said, Nope, you're not even in, you're not even in the yellow yet. You're fine. <laughs> But Ross was in the red for sure. I like the idea of you having like a big whiteboard with everybody's <laughs> names written on it and their counter is either in green, yellow, or red. Yes, that's true. And as we saw, Anne posted her wonderful 20th week gift. So it is Oh my worth gosh. It. I was so excited. And it was funny because you gave it to me uh, before the show. Mm-hmm. When we had lunch, I thought it was a gift for Andrew. I was like, oh, I can take this home and wrap it for it if you, for you, if you want. And you were like, no, Anne, it's for you. Yeah. Do you want to explain what it is for people that don't have Facebook or and or anything else? 
Sure thing. It is a beautiful black doormat, and on it in white letters is written Walsh, Walsh, and Doormat. And in the bottom corner, it says, We're sorry. <laughs> it's so great, right? And it's fantastic. And you won't have to explain what that means to every single person that comes over. So that's perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was telling the story of, uh, or I mean, I think I. I either tweeted or put it on Facebook. I was trying to find the perfect, I had in my head how I wanted it to look when I gave it to you that, that fell by the wayside. So I went to the store and I said, this is how I want it to look. And the guy's rapping. He's like, okay, what is this about? I have to know what this is about. And I was like, well, so there's this podcast I listen to. Well, what's a pot? I mean, he was like an older guy. Like, I, I didn't know how far to go in. I'm just like, okay, let it just don't like, just stop. Just stop talking. Just pay the, for the box and run out as fast as I can. But so uh, the other two 20-weekers are Sarah Settemeyer and Ashley Gilliam, who I got to meet for the first time. Yay. Yes. Yeah, she was so great. She was so great. She gave me a little necklace that said RAR on it. So I Aww. love it. And they'll be getting their their doormats very soon. <laughs> Um, also you can go and buy stickers if you'd like. <laughs> Excellent. We're hoping to have more swag soon. I know that everyone's, um, tapped out after donating all of their money to the TBT Olathon. So it will be maybe a month or two before we have something, but watch the store for that. Awesome. Hey, if Luke and Andrew aren't going to get with the program... <laughs> We might as well fill the need. Exactly. And also just if you're already buying stuff on Amazon, use our Amazon link and we get like a few cents every time. So bookmark our link. Go ahead. I'll have to remember to do that. I I just had to do it too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you would like to get involved with the show... And please do, the more people the better, you can visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can visit us on Facebook at the Stens page or on our page. Uh, most people with the show have personal Twitters. Christy is at Kissy Eyes. I, of course, as has been mentioned ad nauseum, am not on Twitter, but you can certainly be my friend on Facebook. Mike is at Drew McFrizz. Bobby is at RLPape. Jeremy is at Dadstronaut. Meredith is at Meredith underscore Mayhan. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You may email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And Christy checks that and she gets back to people really <laughs> fast. Or you can certainly leave us a voicemail at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8265. 8285. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I've said that enough times that I should be able to get it right. All right, so Christy, anything else to add? I don't think so. It was very fun. This was a great Absolutely. episode. <laughs> we love Sean. <laughs> so until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Sean. Nailed it. <laughs>